On welcome to episode 309 of the Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler. Join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Cables. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler. Man, it is finally here. That last freaking episode for our top 10. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it's It's been a long night. We've been, uh, we, we're doing better this year. Remember last year when we did this, we, we bullshitted for like three hours. Oh, God. And then we did the show, and yep. we didn't get done till after four o'clock in the morning, my time. <laughs> uh, we're doing a lot true. better this year. Well, we only bullshitted for a little over an hour, uh, and then started, and we have some breaks in between. Uh, but it's only currently uh, 12.30 my time, so a lot more manageable. Uh, and I've had a lot less alcohol in that time period. And uh, Justin didn't black out this time. So that's good. I call <laughs> that's it a win. That's true, actually. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a win of my books. Um, but, you know, uh, in case you guys forgot or didn't hear the last couple episodes, uh, we're doing our marathon session of podcast tonight um, where we are recording three podcasts in one night. Uh, we've already done two of them. This is our last one. Uh, so go back and check those if you're interested. First episode, we talked about our best and worst of a lot of different categories. For 2018, our last episode we did last week was uh, our uh, starting off our top 10 games of the year list. Uh, last week we covered uh, 10 through 6 and our honorable mentions. And this week we will be going through uh, episode or episodes. Wow, um, games five through one. So um, what we're doing is because Justin isn't here, but he texts me all his answers, uh, and I haven't looked at them, so I don't know what they are. Uh, we're going to do Justin's first, then mine, and then we're going to end up with Gables. So. Gables, are you ready to start up? Yeah, let's go. All right, so what? <laughs> Justin's number five game of 2018. Honestly, if you would have asked me before we started all this, what his number one would be, I, this was it for me. Number five for him is Smash. Whoa. Is, yeah, uh, and he put Funnest as his answer for that being the case. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I wish he was here to elaborate a little bit more, but uh, I, I guess I'm about to deal with that. Um, <clears throat> so for me, my number five game of 2018, Gables, is yep. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Ah, uh, I knew this was going to be somewhere in here. You enjoyed the hell out of that game. Yeah, it's a weird game where, I mean, I, I usually, you know, you know how I am, and uh, I, I'm pretty open about it. Where oh, yeah. I, don't st- I don't stick around with games very long. It take you know, outside of like Madden, uh, I, I play a game for a couple weeks, maybe three weeks at most, yeah. and I move on. This game took me five weeks to finish. Um, oh yeah, especially since like you and the Assassin's Creed games have been kind of hit and miss over the past yes. couple of years, and this is one of the games where it's like it's Assassin's Creed, and you've stuck with it for like over sixty something hours. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, um, it, it, you're right. It, it's been like, you know, the first uh, five Assassin's Creed games I really, really liked, more really loved. Uh, and then since then, I don't know how many there's been since then, but I would say more times than not, I've come away meh or uh, they're bad. Um, and, you know, I look at Origins, like last year, I put 25 hours in Origins. And at a certain point, just like in Far Cry 5, I'm just like, I'm not really having fun. I'm just playing this game to say I beat it. I'm just going with emotions. Uh, and so I quit playing it. 
in this game, you know, it, it picks up where they take a lot of the same things from Origins. Um, but with Origins, I mean, other, other than like Far Cry, you know, there's a lot of issues over there. Like I, did, I thought the Bayek was a terrible character. Egypt didn't translate as well as I'd hoped to a um, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed world. And I didn't like the leveling system they had. Um, I didn't dislike it. I, just liked, I didn't like the fact they had a level cap on everything. Um, we were on this one, and I spent a good chunk of the time, like, frustrated with this game. You know, I talked about, we had a long discussion about it uh, a while back about, um, I hated the fact that, and I still don't like it, the fact that the, the game levels up with you kind of takes out the purpose, I think, of a leveling system. Oh, yeah. Everything around you levels up with you, and th- there's not really, it's, to me, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of a point to it. Uh, but, um, you know, I was, tr- I was trying to play this game, um, you know, an hour here, a couple hours there. And it was, it was just difficult to do. Um, it, most games, uh, most games nowadays, are, it's hard to do that in a couple hour stretches, but especially this game of being a big open world, um, is really tough to do. And I was on the verge of quitting it. And then, like I said, I, uh, uh back then, um, uh, I bought the, I spent the 10 bucks. I bought the XP boost. Uh, I'm not happy I did it. Uh, it sucks that I, I did it, but I don't regret it. Um, because if it wasn't for me doing that, it kind of gave me like just as an XP boost. It gave me that boost I needed to keep playing the game a little bit more and more. And uh, you know, I talked about it after Extra Life when, I, when Justin was in the chat with us. We were bullshitting during it, and he's like, "Are you enjoying this game, or are you just going through the motions?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't really know right now. Like, there's some definitely some things I like about it." And then I took a couple. Of days, I had a couple of days off of work after Extra Life, and I spent pretty much the the couple of days after that just playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh and like I think that was me doing that was the reason I finished the game and played it and I'm happy for it because you know this is a game that it, it works better and it plays better and it's more enjoyable when you're playing it in long sessions like it sucks that it's the case but that's the best way to play this game is I was playing it in four or five hour chunks um throughout that time and I mean one of the big things that got me got me kept playing it was um Greece uh, as a uh, as a world for Assassin's Creed works really well uh, with it's it's got a lot of the black flag elements with uh, with the with the boats and the battling which is awesome I think the world works really well I think I the, it's a beautiful place to look at but the biggest thing to me and probably my favorite character in gaming this year is Cassandra oh. uh, I picked her over Alexis or Alexio um, and um, Happy he did it because Alexio, uh, he sounds like your run-of-the-mill uh, muscular guy. And Cassandra, she kind of, she felt like, you know, she's like, uh, it's just different. Like, she like had a personality. She felt like a real person. Uh, and I, there was multiple moments with her as uh, playing as her um, that I, she, like, the, her, her, the things she said, her dialogue made me laugh out loud. And just like, like kind of her, like, I'm not taking shit from anybody personality. Uh, the way that like her kind of comedic reaction to things, like the way she's like her, someone say something and she just spot off in the mouth that somebody was great. Uh, she didn't, you know, she just didn't give a shit. She was, she was a badass and she knew it and it was great. You know, and maybe it's cause I haven't, you know, I played a million games where you're just like this muscular meathead guy. Um, and it doesn't really, it, without, sometimes it's not always the case, but uh, you know, you, after playing as many Gears of Wars as I have, it's actually kind of, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. So playing this, having Cassandra, uh, was awesome. I loved, she, 
is a cool character. I hope they do some spinoffs with her because I love to have more Cassandra. Uh, I don't know. I, I it's sad to hear that. I think they said like Ubisoft came out with some stats. They said over seventy percent of people that played uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey picked Alexios, which is a huge bummer because they're they're doing themselves some injustice. Uh, there's a reason why the woman that played Cassandra, the voice actress, uh, was nominated for a bunch of awards for voice acting, and the guy that played Alexios was not. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's funny because it, this is, you know, Assassin's Creed Origins was supposed to be the origins of the Brotherhood of Assassins, but this game takes place like 200 years before Assassin's Creed Origins. Yep. Um, so it, it doesn't deal with, like, it, it's... I don't know. There's no like you're an assassin, but you're not really dealing with the Brotherhood, or you're not playing. You're not dealing with the uh, with the uh, oh, fuck who are the people that are against assassins. The Templars. Templars. Thank you. So you're not really dealing, dealing with the Templars. You're dealing with cultists, which um, they are the Templars before they are Templars. It's kind of the origins of the Templars, where or, where Assassin's Creed Origins was the origins of the assassins. Um, and but. I really enjoyed enjoyed the story where like you know the the whole story with her is she's like um, separated she's she's separated from her whole family and she grows up as an orphan in this you know in this in this weird island uh, and she doesn't really, you know she just kind of survives on her own she she grows up kind of you know that to live life on her own and survive you know from a small child to I don't know how old she is now but I think she's like probably early twenties uh, I would assume and it's a story about her trying to find her family. Uh, and I really enjoyed, um, uh, when you get to meet the father, the best parts I think is meeting the mom and figuring out, find out what she's done since, you know, in the, in the 15, 20 years since they've been broken up and, uh, dealing with everything in between there. Uh, and then, like I said, with all the cultists and everything, um, it was a really good, it was really, I think it was one of the better stories told in an Assassin's Creed game where normally, you know, it's always like, oh, Templar is like, you know, he, he's running, you know, he's the priest or he's basically the mayor or whatever. He runs the town or something and he's got all this power and we have to stop the Templars. And this one, there wasn't that story. It was, uh, this woman trying to find her family, figure out what the hell's going on, what the hell happened and, uh, bring everybody back together. Um, and also, uh, be a badass at the same time. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've said this before, but I think the, uh, the side missions for the most part, there's a lot of fetch quest ones in there, but there's some that uh, a lot of them actually that I thought like they felt like they were like not like top of the line like story missions like you would see in mainline quest games, but they were still like these are like really well done like if these would be like the middle of the pack missions uh, like you'd see in like a main story. Uh, so there, I think they all like meant something. There was cool moments where like you would find something in the world and you'd go to like you talk to this person like hey. Uh, I, I need help finding this. And like, oh, here it is. There you go. Like, I don't know how many times it happened to me where like I found something before I talked to the person that needed it or, um, you know, like the, the impact you can make on a, on an Island we go to where it's like this woman, she's a captain of a boat and she's like, I, I lost my crew. Can you find a boat? You find the boat and it sunk and sharks ate it. Sharks ate the, the crew. And now she joins your crew. Now she's a really important part of your, of your, your cast of characters on this boat you run. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I this I have a lot of issues with it, um, but overall, I think the highs really outrank the lows by a pretty wide margin. So that's I mean that's the main reason why it's my number five game of the year. So Gables, what's your number five? Well, let's see. My number five game of the year is a way out. 
Ooh, okay. I okay. honestly loved playing through this game from start to finish. There was a lot of great moments. There was a lot of funny ass shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole scene and stuff were both in cells next to each other, trying to chisel our way out from the toilets or something like that. I get my stuff done, and all of a sudden, when it comes to your turn, the guards would not leave you alone for like a good solid five, <laughs> seven minutes, and I'm just laughing my ass off because I'm trying to look, trying to watch and stuff. And you had already got like caught like three or four times at this point. I'm like, oh god, just come away, come on, <laughs> just get this going. Then the whole aspects of you and I just going through like the situations, like crawling up that space and stuff to try to get through the manholes and stuff, and then like the whole randomness of not only. Just playing through these random freaking games that's just out of nowhere. Like, going through, sitting through, like, across from each other and that teeter-totter was fucking hilarious. Yes. That was just, just comedy gold right here. Just two grown men sitting across from one another, like, on a freaking, like, <laughs> like a freaking, like, seesaw aspect. And we're just staring at each other and it's like, what? Okay, let's, let's see this option. Let's see what happens here. And all of a sudden, yeah. that ends up becoming, like, the one of the rarest trophies we can get in the game, because hardly anyone's yep. done that. That's one of the most awkward moments for both characters. Like, what are we doing? It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, okay, let's get off of this. And well, what's sad is you, you, you can't even do it again after you yeah. do it once. It's That's sad, though, but uh, the best parts about this game, I will agree with you from when you were talking about it earlier, was... Uh, just the experience of going through not only just like the motions of it, going through the story, learning bits about both of the characters and stuff, but also the way they break out of the prison, the just the chances, a little bit of the choices you get to go through, and then that going through like the all these uh, this friendly competition stuff, like with the whole arm wrestling stuff, the whole Connect Four stuff, the whole basketball stuff, all of that just contributed itself with a majorly memorable experience that i'm not going to forget for a while especially that ending i mean hell regardless of who chose what no matter who chose what during that final ending it would have ended on like a sour like just on like a just like a heartstring note or something like that so it's like i feel i feel that this type of story and stuff like that it was definitely good i mean there were some aspects of this game which i didn't like but yet it seemed like it hit its mark in every major moment of what it was trying to tell. It definitely did not like overstay its welcome at times, in my honest opinion. And it was definitely a worthwhile experience. And this is kind of funny. This is a game made by EA, a studio that's from like EA and stuff like that, where nothing was like just heavily microtransaction. Nothing was heavily like like toned down or really definitely like just mutilated or something like that in the span of trying to add like extra multiplayer stuff that didn't need to be there or this or that it was just a fun game from beginning to end and part of why it's in my top five is because the experiences that you and i had basically we just did we just sat down we just did like two playthroughs just two sittings we got through the whole entire game we went through half of the game in our first sitting and then the other half we finished all the rest like on a random saturday and it's like, okay, let's go through and finish this. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, that was, well, that was something. And it's like you and I just decided to convene. It's like, yeah, you know what, Tyler? It's like, what? It's like, let's never play through this again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So once was enough. Oh, let's go to get on the tier totter. I'd go with you on the tier totter anytime. Oh, God. <laughs> just the thought of two grown men on the teeter totter is just so fucking hilarious but yes that's not my number five game of 2018 all right very cool moving on to justin's number four wow okay cool 
Shadow of the Colossus for Justin. Wow. Um, yeah. All right. Wow. Cool. Um, he just said spiritually moving, which I uh, I can agree with. Um, so cool, Justin. Um, but moving on to my number four uh, game of 2018, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Is that a surprise, like, really high or surprise too low? Actually, I'm surprised you got it that high. Oh, okay. Honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I felt really, you know, I from the beginning of doing this list, I felt really good about my top five. I, that was kind of the really easiest part to put, I think, to put in place for myself. And I, I feel really good about this one. And I'm, I'm quite frankly surprised going into it, you know, like I said, when on the, uh, the first podcast we did of this 2018 stuff, you know, I thought i was gonna hate this game and turn out that i absolutely loved it um you know with uh it's a recreation of probably the second most important game in my of my life uh outside of metal Gear Solid one on playstation uh and it was done extremely well they they, they did a yes. great job with the quality of life uh i thought um you know it, it's it, it was the purest thing to pure joy the closest thing to pure joy for me uh, in gaming this year was was playing this game. Like just like the first fifteen hours of this game, I, I think I had a fucking biggest smile. I think an ear to ear smile on my face playing this game. Like this is everything I wanted. You know, uh, like I said, I bought two Pokeball Pluses. I drove all the way out to go get one. Uh, dealing like you know, uh, kind of fat. You know, making it easier to get through. Um, as far as like grinding goes, uh, I thought with, uh, you know, they added some extra, with some extra trainers. So it was like, it was, you don't have to like go and grind if you didn't want to catching Pokemon. Um, you know, I, I all of the story beats I thought were better. I think facing blue, uh, and green was awesome. Uh, the elite four was great. I, I just, man, everything about this game, I think is just they found a way to make everything better. I mean, my one big hubbub, and I've talked about it at length, is I don't like the motion controls. I don't like. Oh yeah. You know, as much That's as I given. thought, yeah. As much as I like the, I, I think the Pokeball Plus was um, was better than the, uh, the Joy Cons. Uh, it's still, I I would much rather use my my Pro controller. Um, but just like I said, everything about this game was just magic. It was wonderful. Uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely a lot of there's a lot to do with nostalgia, but I think also the 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 ups and down the the best and worst come from nostalgia, where it's like, you know, you look at a game like oh I love that game and you play it, you know, it's a game from could be it could be a game from last generation, it could be a game from 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and you you look back how much you love that game and you play it, and it's like ah okay no this game isn't as good as I remember it being, but at the same time when it is. As good as you remember it being, but not only that, but it's now better because of because yes. of the updates they made. That just makes it even better. Um, I I would love to make this much higher, um, but like I said, I still feel comfortable with my list. Um, so yeah, uh, Pokemon, let's go! Pure magic, my game, my number four game of the year. Gables, what's your number four? Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Wow. Okay. I know it's kind of interesting to see. The position where this game is on my list but at the same point i heavily enjoyed going through the process of unlocking the characters in this game and each time that i have gone through the smat the classic mode every time that i've gone through the classic mode everything is set up differently with each character they have their each each of them have their own routes 
the characters have a like uh, manipulated to a certain extent to where they feel unique, where everything feels kind of vastly different in terms of the gameplay and in terms of like the available, not just the adaptability and the accessibility, I should say, of how you control specific characters and stuff. It feels like it feels real, pretty much like a wild card sort of a game and stuff where I'm just picking up Smash and just using different characters that I feel like I want to use and stuff. There's all this variety of different fighters I want to play as and stuff, and it definitely has left a good lasting impression. In terms of the World of Light stuff, I still am like just debating to and from whether I want to pursue more of it or not, though, but honestly, it was not the reason why I bought Smash to begin with. From what I bought Smash to begin with, it was basically a multiplayer-focused game to where if I want to play through a couple of different Smash matches with somebody or for go through a bunch of like single-player stuff by myself... I can do that. If I want to set up a tournament or if I want to set up like special like 3v3 or 5v5 matches and all this stuff, I can do that. It's the accessibility and the amount of content that I can do in this game that makes me so excited to go back and play it. Especially since I have gone through the classic mode now, I think roughly around, I want to say 10 to maybe 13 times with different characters. And I have not felt bored in the least. The adjustable difficulty factor is definitely a plus. I'm not sure if I'm going to go through and actually beat the the actual arcade, no, the actual like classic mode thing on the highest difficulty possible. I mean, I can, but I'm not too sure if I want to, because I would need to memorize a character really ex- like distinctly. And even after trying to get through the highest extent with some characters, which I think I've gotten like eight points something rather with one of the characters I've played as. I don't want to go through the whole basic experience to try to just say that I've done this or done that. But from what I've played, it's it's definitely one of the it's definitely one of the more fantastic fighting games that I've played in recent memory. But I'll tell you what, it's like it's definitely the Smash Brothers game that I do that I've been clamoring for in terms of the play the characters that I want to play as. And considering we got even more characters that are going to be announced pretty soon, including the inclusion of a Persona 5 character with Joker, just recently announced mm-hmm. over the past couple weeks, it makes me more excited of the possibilities of who else am I going to be playing as. So, with that in mind, the impression of what I've had in the amount of time that I've had to play with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, I have thoroughly enjoyed. So, it's definitely number four on my list on Games of 2018. Wow. Okay. I mean, honestly, I thought with with you and Justin, I, I thought this would be uh, Smash would be in the, at least top two. I thought Justin would be number one. So I'm definitely surprised to see where it is. Yeah. Um. But moving on to number three, Justin's number three. Wow. Okay. Didn't see that either. Number three is Celeste. Wow. Uh, and he put simply perfect. Huh. Um. Okay. Once again, I thought it would be much higher. <laughs> Uh, not much higher. I thought that'd be number two for him. Uh, going into it, but uh, moving on to my number three, uh, the most ripped off game of this list for both of you guys, you sons of bitches, Marvel Spider Man. <laughs> uh, so this is probably the only game on this list, uh, for me, looking at it, where I just jumped into it and was sucked into it and could not quit playing until I beat it. Remember the first day it came out, I, I actually had the day off, um, and 
the first day, I think I put like 12 hours into it. Uh, just loved it. And I mean, I, I'm talking like I put 12 hours into it and I barely touched the story. I was just, I was, I got all the backpacks. Yeah. I was taking all the, all the, all the, uh, doing all the crimes, yep. taking all the gangs, uh, all their bases, uh, it doing that fun, everything. <laughs> yeah. I just, like I said, like I said, I, I put over 30 hours into this game and I never got tired of swinging around the city. I, I the only time I ever fast traveled was to get the trophy to say I fast traveled. That was it. That was the only reason I did it. Because uh, just flying around the city was just a blast. You just felt cool the entire time. Yeah, you're only pushing a couple buttons, but when you're like you're swinging around and you're like you get you get super high and you're like flying down at the last second right before you hit the ground, you hit you hit the R two button and go swing some more, and you just flossing through. And like whipping through alleys, taking shortcuts, it feels it, it feels great. I love it. Um, you know, combat, yeah, it's great. It's fluid. Uh, it's definitely much like Arkham. Uh, I, I still feel like the I like Justin said he thinks Arkham is better. I do not. I think that and it's, I know it's not fair because he can't he can't rebuttal to me. But uh, I, I I think the the biggest thing, uh, yeah, like like I said, the combat it's definitely an Arkham ripoff for that. But I think what makes this game better is that, uh, and the thing that makes me love this game as much as I do is the fact that it's just as much of a Peter Parker story as it is a Spider Man story. Um, I love that you know there's a lot of cutscenes dealing with his relationship uh, with Mary Jane. And they're in the tough spot where you know, they broke up, and now they're kind of like friends, sort of, possibly getting back together. You meet uh, Miles, uh, um, who he's trying to he's trying to mentor. He's also helping his, uh, his aunt May out, uh, trying to work a part time jo- or work a full time job with Doc Ock, and that whole story progressing with uh, that comp with like the the company can go under at any point in time, uh, and just him like he he's he's get, kicks out of his apartment because he has. Uh, he can't, you know, he can't afford rent. Everybody's fucking Spider-Man, you know, and he's always great things for the city, but he, he has, he's homeless and, uh, all of that is great. And on top of that, I mean, that's, I think that's a really interesting story in itself, but then throw on top of that, you're Spider-Man and dealing with, you know, he has all this shit going on with Mr. Negative. You meet the Sinister Six. Um, everything about it is, uh, is great. I, I, you know, I my, I, like I said, I think, like I said, um, in a couple weeks ago, uh, on one of our shows, where I thought 2018 was a very flawed year. Like, there's a lot of really good games, great games, uh, but a lot of them, pretty much most of them, had had flaws. This is one of the first ones I think this year I played, and my next two after this, I had I had pretty much no flaws with. Um, this one, the only real flaw I have is the DLC, and I don't know if that's even fair to say that because, um. It's a DLC. It's extra content. It's not. If I didn't play it, uh, it's not, it doesn't really. I don't. I don't want to say it's like. It's it went from a nine point nine to a eight point two because of DLC, but it, it does hurt it. Uh, where it's it's kind of disappointing. You know, I, I haven't finished episode three yet. I've only played the first two episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I just I loved all of this game. Uh, just like I loved pretty much every game in my my top ten list. Um, so yeah, it's. It's probably, you know, it's not my game of the year, but it's probably the most fun game of the year for me. Nice. And especially, I think, all you know, the city uh, being so bright, you know, it's it's so, you know, it's definitely, you know, like, it's easy to make the comparison to Arkham. And you look at Arkham when it's so dark and kind of, uh, you know, 
it's it's grizzly and all that, and that's the point. That's what Batman. And that's what it is. And you play Spider Man, so bright and colorful, and uh, there's some so much joy. And then Spider Man being such a, you know, dude is all is like sarcastic, smart ass uh, comments here and there. Uh, yeah, it was all great. Uh, so Spider Man is my number three game of 2018. Gables, what's yours? My number three game of this year is a Hat in Time. Wow. Okay. Now, to give you a good perspective, A Hat in Time is a platformer, a 3D platformer. You know, this is a game that's actually a lot better than certain attempts this past year in terms of, like, trying to make games of that same type. But the thing about it, it's fairly charming. There's a lot of excellent, like, level design, a lot of excellent character designs, and, like, a lot of extra, like, quirky personality stuff with this game. You basically play the roles as a young girl and stuff that uh, has to collect these various hats and stuff to collect these like certain these certain like uh, note these notebook pieces. I want to say, I gosh, it's been a while since I've actually powered on the game, but I played through this game so much and I enjoyed every bit of like the worlds, the characters. Like say the first world, you got to face off against these like these mafia guys and stuff and try to get all these like. Uh, these various powers and stuff to try to advance further because all you, no actually they're hourglasses I remember now they're freaking hourglasses because in the story your uh, spaceship actually crashes or something like that into some of these like uh, these random people when you're crossing across like going across Earth or something like that and you lose all these little hourglasses that are supposed to represent your time like uh, machine stuff and you had to gotta go down there in order to fish a lot of them up. But the way you can go through, like, with each character and this and that, it's just really funny. Like, you encounter this girl, this this young girl or something that has a mustache and stuff, and you have to try to deal with her. She becomes your rival and this and that. And, uh, oh, man, it's just the amount of joy that I've had. You remember, like, in, say, Mario Odyssey, where you had, like, uh, these specific levels and stuff? Or even, like, in Super Mario, like, Sunshine, where you had these specific levels where... You have to go through this like various terrain in order this like obstacle course in order to get like that uh, that end goal that shine sprite or this or that. Yeah, you have the same things inside Hat in Time. Only these are like just basic sort of platforming style, like three D platforming style, like courses where your your end result has to get these like uh, elaborately advanced like uh, hourglasses, and they're so fulfilling and so awesome when you go through and you complete the stuff. Oh, let's see. This is one of the few games this past year where I got it, I downloaded it, and man, I felt so relieved once I got that Platinum Trophy for it. Because I 100% completed this game. It was that much of a good game that I looked at what I needed to do. And once I went through and I completed the rest of the stuff, it's like, man, now I'm satisfied playing this game. And now I'm hearing that the game's going to be coming on the Switch sometime soon, so it's definitely going to be a good game that uh, Switch owners in the future are going to want to dive into because if you're missing a great 3D platformer in the veins like of a Banjo-Kazooie or a Super Mario 64 where it's kind of like a -a collect-a-thon, A Hat in Time is definitely worth it. Most definitely worth it. And that's why it's my number three game of the year. Very cool. Um, Moving on to Justin's number two, though. Uh, (laughs) God of War. Um, amazing, but I'd rather it would have been Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, don't know how I feel about that comment, but uh, <laughs> moving on uh, to uh, my number two game of the year, 
And this, this was a tough one. Like I said, I felt really comfortable with my top five, uh, but this was a hard call to make. Obviously, it's two and one. It's it's always is. Uh, but my number two game of 2018 is Celeste. Um, wow. You know, we talked about a lot last week where, you know, we talk about, you know, we, we always get these really, it seems like every year we get a hand, we get a couple like uh, great indie games that kind of stand out above. Like we get, we get a lot of really of good indie games. It seems like every year. Nowadays. Yes. Uh, but there's always one or two that kind of stand above the rest. And but they don't. They don't usually. Sometimes always match up with the the AAA stuff. And this one, Celeste, is different. I think you know. We talked about last week. Where I felt that this isn't just a really cool game that we're gonna. Oh, we're gonna look at like Braid or um, Inside or Limbo or you know uh, Castle Crashers back in the day. This game, I think we can look back honestly and look at it when we do. Like when we look back at Game of the Generation for PS4, Xbox One. We're gonna look at Celeste, and that's gonna. I mean, not, that might not be everybody's number one, but I think it's gonna be in consideration for a lot of people. Oh yeah, um, and uh, I think that's huge for any game, uh, AAA or not. But to be a game that was made by a handful of people, uh, with uh, the music that's in it, the art style, the story, uh, everything about this game is perfect. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. The you know, like I said, the, it, this is. Like I said a couple weeks ago, this is not a Tyler game. It is not. And I think that's a big reason why it's number two as well, is the fact that this is not a Tyler game at all. But I loved it, and I couldn't... I beat this game in a few sittings, and I could not quit playing this game. It, when normally, you know, Tyler would have gave up on Chapter 3 in the hotel uh, when I broke down. But because they had the, all the options in there, and I loved the way they did it, where it's like, hey, this game is meant to be a challenge. But we understand that sometimes... Even things even a little help sometimes, and they let. So I did the I did the double dash, and um, not Mario Kart double dash, but a double you could dash twice, um, and you know that that totally changed the game for me. And I, I've used that the rest of the way through, um, and I love that because if if it wasn't for that, you know, just like the XP boost in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, I wouldn't have been able to. I wouldn't have finished this game. I would have quit it in chapter three. This game. Might have been talked about sometime or somewhere else after that on on like best most surprising game most disappointing game whatever. But the fact that they have that option, give you that option, the way they go about explaining that why why this game is so difficult and explaining why we they understand why they like they, hey we gave you this because of you this reason why, and then the story of Madeline where the whole journey is you know she's in a rut she 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 she's challenging herself she's got all these anxiety problems she's got all these mental uh, health issues. Uh, we all experience anxiety issues. We all deal with issues, some way worse than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the whole story of her meeting her friend and the, the bad Madeline coming out. Uh, and literally at one point, like you're running away from her, you know, like you're getting, you're running away from yourself. Uh, like the way everything is explained and it's done is just perfect. Um, and the, and on you know you have this great story, you have this great art style, you have this fucking fantastic music that I haven't quit listening to since it popped up on my Spotify list last week working on this stuff. I cannot quit listening to uh, uh, Resurrection, which uh, is the uh, one of the main songs from it. And it just so happens, actually, um, on my I have a Alexa Echo Dot. That's my uh, my alarm in the morning. 
Uh, the music that wakes me up every morning when I get up for work this this past week, it is Celeste music. Uh, <laughs> so it's definitely made my uh, my days. Uh, it makes it getting up out of uh, when I wake up. It's a lot more uh, wonderful than a annoying beeping noise. Uh, but also it sets you up because you know I know every day is going to be a challenge. So just like every time I played Celeste was a challenge. Um, you know, like I said, uh, best moment getting to the top of that mountain. Oh my God. When you're climbing that last chapter is something else, man. Oh, yeah. uh, and every time you get to like, you know, every, every slide, every room is, is difficult, but you get to that last section you're right fucking there. You can see it. You're there. You keep getting those flags telling you you're just a little bit closer. Every time you get there, you're like, I don't know how I did that. I don't think I could ever do it again, but I did it. And you, like I said, you get that little thing in your brain. That's like, yes. You get the little chemical up there that's making you feel really good. And you're just getting that every single step, every time. And it, I think uh, Matt from Matt Makes Games, who made, who, made, who made Celeste, he said it really well at the uh, Game Awards. And I'm probably butchering this. But he said, you know, for people that uh, have uh, beaten their anxiety um, or this game has helped them beat anxiety, you know, you did that, not this game. You know, you take credit for what you did. And I think a lot of that, you know, he's like, and you look at that every time I beat a slide, that's how I felt. It's like, I'm beating this game, but it's that I'm beating this game. The game, you know, like the game's not beating me. You know, it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, And looking at our, our list, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'll get into it later. I don't want to get to jump into more of that, but um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it's a wonderful game. Uh, probably the most satisfying game I've ever finished in my entire life. Uh, I think this game, uh, right now, it, it's. Um, I would say this is going to be in my top ten list for game of the generation. Uh, so yeah, uh, and probably one of the greatest games I've ever played in my entire life. So that is my number two, Celeste. Gables, what's your number two? Dragon Ball Fighters. Okay. Wow. Okay. 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 So with Dragon Ball Fighters, from the get go, from when I played this game this year, and then going through the initial story mode, going through the initial parts of the character trials, this and that, this has been the Dragon Ball game I've been looking for ever since playing through Budokai Three on the PS2. Man, all that long ago, it's like I've been waiting for like a decent game where I feel like I'm actually going through and playing through a fantastic game on top of like liking. A lot of the Dragon Ball licensed stuff. But uh, what really kind of got me over the uh, got me over to this full extent is just how accessible the game is. The game mechanics are solid. The music and all the other different types of characters you can select is fantastic. Going through the whole character pass stuff, I paid this is one of the only games I can remember where I paid full price for this game at launch and then paid for the character pass. Like, additional 35 bucks and stuff to get all the decent characters from, like, like uh, Android 17, Cooler, Bardock, Broly. Just all these random characters that I grew up, grew up at least watching certain bits and stuff. And then this led me on the freaking... This led me going through playing through this game again. Once I initially finished up watching all of Dragon Ball Super in the span of like a couple of weeks, where I blazed through like a hundred episodes of that damn series on Crunchyroll, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm in the mood to play Dragon Ball Fighters again. And it's like, ever since I've been streaming this game off and on, 
And I'm really hoping the competitive scene for this game actually keeps on going because there have been some like noise that maybe suggests otherwise as of late. But I seriously want to see this game keep on going. I want to see new characters. I want to play this game for a while because it is that fighting game that has actually gotten me out of you know, going through, getting me out of the stuff and right back into the thick of how I used to play fighting games and how I wanted to play fighting games. And that's just the thing about it. This game is so user-friendly that it makes you feel like a badass. Every time you execute certain combos or you execute certain, like, like switches or when you call in a character for an assist or switch them in on the fly and stuff, it's seamless a lot of the times. I mean, there were some issues with the online at launch, but... But going through and playing through some bits of the online stuff now, I mean, yeah, there's certain issues here and there, though, but it's not, like, bad. It's not horrible, horrible, like, say, like, a Fallout 76 would be for, like, online this and that. But I love discovering new combos and stuff for characters. Facing off against people online has been both rewarding and and equally as part as, like, hair-pulling because of, like, how difficult a lot of these guys are memorizing these specific combos you go into like a casual match or something like that and people are just pulling off these elaborate fucking combos that you didn't even think about using. And I'll tell you what, one of the best joys of this past year has been watching high competitive level play for Dragon Ball Fighters. I mean, you watch guys like Echo and Sonic Fox and stuff go Attic or something like that for uh, Evo this past year and it's like, holy crap, just the amount of depth they've had to thought had to have thought of in order to try to execute not only these various moves, but also just to go into specific setups in order to like just execute these bases of combos are just phenomenal, you know? And everything looks so crisp and so awesome. It's the type of game, because of the 2D sprites and everything else, it's going to be a beautiful game like for years to come. And that's what's so amazing about it. Because it's one of the reasons why games like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 stayed around the competitive fighting scene for a while. It's because the look of the game is awesome. The play of the game is even more fantastic. And what's more hilarious is the Dragon Ball fighters end up becoming more popular than Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite in terms of the competitive fighting scene and stuff. And it's kind of funny how like Dragon Ball fighters actually beat Marvel vs. Capcom (laughs) inside of its own game for 3v3 fighters. Because I never thought that was going to happen during the span of this year. And also, it was very surprising that I would be considering a Dragon Ball game anywhere close to my top 10. Considering I saw it initially coming into this year. It's like, okay, this looks pretty fun. This and that and this and that. Then all of a sudden, I see all these rave reviews about it. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Maybe I should actually pay attention to this game. Then I buy it during launch. Start playing it. Start playing some of my favorite characters in the show and this and that. And... All of a sudden, pick repicking it back up like months later, and then uh, try to stream it like consistently, like I had been doing, and coming across these various combos, and I'm just figuring out how to vanish against people at just the right moments, and bouncing them off the walls, and juggling them to all these different combos. I'm like, oh my god, this game is amazing! <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number two game of the year, Dragon Ball Fighters. All right, well, very cool. Um, moving on to Justin's number one. It is, huh? Pitter pot. What? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! Uh, it is uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Ah, no uh, surprise. So he put a little short thing here: Breath of the Wild of the American West, uh, best looking invokes Stanley Kubrick films. 
unmatched music and atmosphere. Uh, scope unseen this year, aka motherfucker. Unravel two. God damn. <laughs> Why did I even read that? I could have just not read that. Like it's stupid. I have the power here to read these, and I keep doing it. I hate that guy. Oh, God. Um. So Justin doesn't get a number one this year. I'm, I'm revoking his top ten list. Put a big big X here as I'm writing him down. Um. So, moving on uh, to my game of the year 2018 gables you want to take a guess what it is <laughs> i already know what it is so i'm gonna go ahead and let you say it anyway <laughs> okay it is god of war um man uh you know i raved about celeste being uh one of the best game one of the one of my favorite games of all time this very well could be my very favorite game of all time uh, not and, and like you know, like you know, I think that there's sometimes that does get overthrown. Like, oh, this is one of my favorite games of all time, and I, I probably do. You say it too much. I think a lot of do, a lot of people do say that too much about things uh, in, in media in general. Uh, and I don't feel like I'm being too uh, bombastic when I say that. Where this, you know, when we did our top thirty list, you know, I, I had I think Metal Gear Solid Four, Metal Gear Solid Four was my number one game, uh, and this very well could trump that. Uh, and I look at this like, you know, I talk, you know, like I said, I, I, I think 2018 had a lot of flaws this year in gaming. Uh, my 3, 2, and 1, I don't think really had any major flaws. This game had no flaws. Um, you know, for me, as someone who did not like the God of War games at all, and I gave them many opportunities to get into them, and I just couldn't. Uh, and turn around and have this be not only my game of the year, like I said, one of my favorite games of all time. That's I think to me personally, that's huge. Um, you know, I think you know uh, this this is a perfect game. Uh, I, I I don't like I, I don't really I don't I can't I can't think of a bad thing that happened. Uh, maybe a spot I got stuck on a few times because it got really hard. Um, that but that's not really I don't know that's not really a flaw. That's just the part I got stuck on. That was me getting better at a game. Um, you know, I, I look at this, um, I, I think the, the world that they built uh, with the Valhalla mythology or not Valhalla, uh, but the world of Valhalla and everything that they did, um, uh, it was great. I, I love the lore. I love just walking around the world or tra- traveling on your boat and Atreus or the little talking head guy that you get, uh, is just telling you a story about, uh, some of the characters in this world and what's what what's going on like with the snake or uh why his he's stuck in a tree or any of the any of the uh balder or any of the characters you deal with and learning more of their backstory uh and it's i loved it i, I would just sit there like i would get up to the next look like they're telling you the story as you're like you're paddling to your next location i would get to my location and i would just sit there in the boat and wait for them to finish the story it could be two three minutes i didn't care i didn't want them to stop talking i wanted to keep going um, and I just, I, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I don't like the, the combat is great. I think, uh, like I, I was saying earlier about sometimes you get that meathead character that just, uh, that you get, you does, it's kind of where you don't, doesn't wear on you, but he just doesn't really stick out. It doesn't really mean anything to you anymore. And, you know, Kratos was that guy. He was like the poster boy of that him and, uh, uh, Marcus Phoenix from, uh, Gears of War. Those are like the two guys when you think of, 
muscle-bound meatheads in gaming. Those are the guys. And they turn around and they made this guy a really interesting character uh, who has mm-hmm. a son whose wife is, is, has died and they're just trying to take her ashes to the top of this mountain. And the journey along the way of trying to not tell Atreus the, the full story about himself uh, and his son dealing with the death of his mother uh, and this weird relationship that they have with each other. Um, all of it's great. The, the boss battles are fantastic. Um, second only to probably Shadow of the Colossus uh, this year. Um, the, the combat, the, the fucking the axe. My God. I don't know if there's ever been a better weapon ever invented in the game before. Uh, I, I can't imagine going back and trying to play uh, God of War uh, with, the, with just the change of Olympus, you know, and uh, and just playing the game without this axe now like really just going back play this game with the hack and slash elements of it but um yeah i mean it's just i'm, I'm going around about ways because i don't have i don't have like a flaw like every all these 10 through uh 10 through 2 i was able to point out something i um either a major or a minor dislike i had about it or a major or minor flaw whatever it is and i got nothing for this i i sat there and i thought about it i'm like you know, I'm saying something negative on my top ten list about every game I played, and I got nothing, zero, zero zilch. Uh, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I can I can rave about this game for another twenty minutes if I wanted to, uh, but I won't for the sake of our uh, our my our lips doesn't count. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, my number one game by an absolute landslide uh, this year. I think this is the. You know, Celeste was a really great game, and it sucks putting it number two. Uh, but I, to me, this was the easiest year ever to make my number one, uh, and that's you know, it's God of War. So, Gables, what's your number one? My number one game of 2018 happens to be Celeste. Yes. Okay. Now, the thing about Celeste is I didn't know going into this month what exactly my game of the year was going to be. Going through and checking through my backlog and stuff, there were plenty of games I could have went through and took the opportunity to go through and maybe finish up or go through an experience just in time for this show. But at the same point, I wanted to go back. I watched many top tens. I watched through many impressions of like different people, what they thought were the best games, what they thought were the worst games of 2018. And one game kept popping up that kept popping up consistently, and that was Celeste. Peter Pot. Oh. No, no, of course not. <laughs> the thing about it, it prompted me to go right back what I was doing, and I went back to that area. I restarted the entirety of, like, Chapter 3, mind you, going through the whole motel and going through all this. What started off as a game that was pretty much like a girl climbing up a mountain became so much of an internal, like, kind of conflict between, like, man versus self, quintessentially, where the whole story and the whole gameplay of it and of itself is, like, you trying to overcome your fears, your anxieties, in order to reach your end goal, which in this case happened to be climbing the top of this mountain. But along the way, you meet a lot of friends, you meet different types of, like, just different types of obstacles that are in your way, you come forth, you confront yourself, you go through, and it's like, the thing about it, it's like, it's basically almost kind of like an internal struggle how people go through, like, say, with certain parts of mental illness, not only just, like, with heavy anxieties, but depression stuff, where it's like, you have your days where it's like, everything's all feeling nice, all things feeling neat, and all of a sudden you have the days and stuff where you just feel absolutely sorry for yourself, or you just feel like you're going to go through, like, 
an actual combat between yourself and like your inner self and this and that. It's like a lot of that stuff, you know, it's like anybody can really relate to. And when it comes across is like sort of like what it looks like on the surface is like a simplistic platformer ends up becoming a more philosophical game that really doesn't have too much of fault to it. The game is very accessible. The game is lovely in terms of its whole level design. I didn't really have any type of issues when it came to going through and playing the game in and of itself because even though there were different, there were parts where things started to get heavily difficult, I was more pressed to keep continuing on because I knew that I could progress through it based upon my skill. Not one moment did I feel like the game was unfair to me. I thought it was more or less more or less structured because of my own lack of skill going through specific parts, which it was. And the thing about it was, every time that I would accomplish, like, say, a different part of a level, or if I would get through something that would be taking me, like, about five or ten minutes to get past, I would feel equally the amount as accomplished, and still, and still, even after all of that, going through and finishing Celeste last week, actually finishing through that game, like, a day after we got done our recording for, like, oh, boy couple of podcasts ago now (laughs) going through all of that and then finishing up celeste and enjoying the better parts of that ending and stuff and then just going through the last portions of it where it's like you're going through you're battling yourself you finally make peace you do this and do that and that whole that whole ending portions where you're climbing up the scale in the last parts of that mountain and just like going through all these setbacks and going through all this thing it was definitely an experience I am not going to forget anytime soon inside of a game. Because, for one, you play games in order to try to get away from certain feelings like that sometimes. You go forth to just lose yourself in times, in terms of like losing yourself in terms of distracting your mind of what you can do or what like feels awesome or what actually goes through. And there are some games that help you relate quite nicely to a character and stuff. And in that regards, I feel what Celeste does is kind of transcends itself, not only for like a fantastic game, but also it's sort of like a generational type of game that happens every so often to where so many people find so many different things to relate to inside of what this game is trying to portray and how certain feelings that are going to contribute to what you initially do that it leads you with the thought of it's like yeah there are different things in life that are going to present itself to you where everything is where things are going to be negative things are going to be bad in and of itself bad things will happen but what you can do after the bad things happen to try to uplift and try to make you move on past these difficult times is what's going to shape you into what's going to eventually be quintessentially what potentially could be even better than what you initially were at the start of things so at the start of celeste it's like you basically had these different type of anxiety issues and this and that and you're just going through the mountain because you think oh it's just a mountain i'm gonna go through and i'm gonna see if i can get things like all nice and uh scale it and stuff you know whimsical all of a sudden it just becomes an eternal struggle and then after the end of it you feel a lot stronger because you had accomplished all this and conquered your fears conquered your anxieties and all of a sudden you're left with this result to where you feel like an entirely different person because you have conquered all of that self-doubt all of the pent-up stuff that's been presented to you right from the get-go and now it's like this game presents itself kind of like 
kind of like a like a video game version of kind of like facing your inner self and then just going through and just making amends and then just moving on. You know, that's what it just basically feels like through Celeste's interaction with like her friends and stuff like that from the whole stages she has to go through in order to try to convince herself that she can climb the mountain and do this and that. And partially, that's why this game is my number one game of the year. Because there are very few games that want to actually go through and relate to the player in that sort of a philosophical level. But at the same time, everything else about this game adds on to this kind of like... Oh man, kind of like this like endless ride that kind of feels like. With the music, with how fantastic the musical score is, the level design, how good that is. With the thoughts of the player in mind in terms of what you can do accessibility wise and it just collaborates itself to an, a fantastic experience i can understand why people like celeste this game and i understand why people have it at the top of their lists for game of the years and quite honestly it's part of the reason why it's my number one game for 2018 because not only is it a tackle-heavy subject matter, but also it just goes through and just is a fantastic game from beginning to end. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my game for 2018. Very cool. Gableson, very well said. Um, yeah, looking at our list, uh, I was I was getting to this uh, last time, because I, I, when we got towards the list, I kind of realized that Dragon Ball and Celeste were going to be your one and twos. I just didn't know which order they'd be in. Um <laughs> I kind of knew by the top three that you were going to go with because I knew it was going to be Celeste, God of War, and Spider-Man. And I and I actually figured it out where it's like Spider-Man's two, Celeste... No, no, no. Spider-Man's three, Celeste is two, and God of War is one. Yeah. But Justin, he completely just bit a mind fuck for everything. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peter Pot number one. What, what a douchebag. Uh... Uh, but yeah. No, I, I mean, looking at our list right now, uh, like the way our point system works, um, Celeste is probably our game of the year for for Drunk Dashman's podcast for 2018. Probably. And I, I mean, it's your one, it's my two, it's Justin's three. So oh, one, uh, two, three. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we've ever had matching game of the years before, uh, but I don't know. Uh, but I definitely don't think we've ever had one, two, and three before in a, for a game. No, we um, haven't. <laughs> so that's that's cool. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, that's gonna wrap up the uh, podcast for us. Uh, for you guys, this shows this episode. If you're listening to it as it came out, it's mid January. Uh, for us, it's still 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to us this year uh, and uh, really appreciate it. You know, it's been mostly a two-man show this year. Uh, we've kind of changed the formats a little bit, but I think overall it's a better show um, with with the format not necessarily being a two-man show. Uh, we still, you know, miss Justin every week he's not here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think we, we've done a really good job of just with the, being the two of us uh, working out. Um so yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us this year. Uh, hope you stick around for 2019. Hope we, uh, if you're listening to this in the future, hope you guys enjoy it. And I hope uh, you know in 2032, if this podcast is still on the internet, uh, the internet still a thing, uh, people still think about Celeste uh, the same way we do now. Uh, so until next time, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm not gonna do the whole regular room while you've heard it. I've said it enough this time uh, tonight. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, one for the, for the last time for us in 2018, Gables, too sweet, too sweet, man. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.